I still, uh, hey, everybody, welcome to Because Cannabis, episode 21, uh, July 4th edition, holiday edition. Hey, Dustin Kava, thank you for joining us once again, Friday, 4.20 p.m., so you know where you have to be, or at least where you need to get your notification because you subscribed to the channel below. That's when a brand new episode, brand new, 21 straight weeks of brand new Because Cannabis episodes on the Wayward Media channel, wayward.media, our home production company, Dustin Kava, myself, Anthony Trav, uh, looking to bring you some new great content as well. So definitely check us out socially, meet, W-M-M-E-E-T, W-M-M-E-E-T, W-M, anywhere. Got to up that social game. I know we talk about that every week. Maybe week 21 will be the week that we started off. Uh, it is because cannabis, it is Friday. Dustin Kava, always as wonderful to see you, me and, and you terrible English to start today. You and I have not seen each other for 21 straight weeks because we've had a variety of things, but we should. And I think we had a great episode 20 with Alex Huska of Whole Plant of um, Whole Plant and Organic Plus Brands, a really great episode for number 20. So got a lot of great guests coming up, Dustin, for 22, 23, 24. So 21, let's take a moment. Sometimes you don't want to do it. Most of the times I don't want to do it, but here we are since I should have remembered the date 21 straight weeks because cannabis has been on Friday on our YouTube channel. How's that make you feel, man? I, I would definitely, the word I want to say inspired, I think, um, I, I would have to say that in the last seven years, this has probably been the hardest year for me and there's something about there's something about consistency consistency of a good thing that can do great things for a person and i think i really needed this i needed to hear the conversations from a lot of the people that we've interviewed i really needed to you know there's certain levels to be even more inspired than i already uh, already was and even just to maybe think about things in the future a little bit differently and the last 20 weeks have really have really made a huge difference in me I, i'm not sure what i would be without it right now actually even though it's so small 10 people watch a week or 14 people watch a week it really doesn't matter it's just this act of consistency of a good thing uh it is interesting you know we kind of started and we're still working on and you know we talked about this often in multiple of the past 20 episodes thus far that have aired on wayward medias because cannabis podcast uh by the way i know we're on video uh here on youtube but don't forget socially socially what am i talking about audio wise check us out anywhere you listen to podcasts uh spotify iplay google play itunes i'm all over the board today dustin uh clearly not my best talking week but you can see some of the other better ones that i've had in the past 20 episodes you know we started this and we're still working on developing our brand putting together uh, our production company you know we got some meetings coming up people talking to people you never know what'll happen but we didn't really plan on this right we didn't really plan on this and i think sometimes and maybe you know as we talk about some of the headlines happening around the fourth of july uh this week upcoming weekend the holiday weekend got some news we'll talk about today some headlines talk a little infused barbecue sauce fourth of july sales figures uh, we didn't plan on this at all Dustin, we didn't think about this. This became a, a thing to do. And of all those conversations, this has been the constant. This has been the constant yeah. every single week that is there. This has been the thing that continues to get the most work, continues to have the most growth. Uh, obviously, all these other things are happening around it. But this was unplanned. Uh, but 
happy. It is a happy thing. It is something I look forward to having these conversations. It can be invigorating. You know, we talked to some great guests before, got a ton of great guests coming up. It's exciting to see. And it is a, um, it's something that I expect to do every week now, right? Like I have to do it. I have to do it. It's become habitual. Uh, it's just not something I planned on. And so that part is un unusual for me. I think we're still adjusting to it, uh, but it is a pleasant surprise, right? Of all the things we talked about, this was a little tiny thing that poof, it's the constant. It's the one that gets the most growth. I mean, to put it in perspective, there was hundreds and hundreds of hours focused on at least five other brands under the wing. And what ended up happening was the one that came in nine months later and, you know, had not, I'm not going to say the least amount of thought put towards it, but the least amount of planned ahead thought, put especially initial it. thought for sure. Yeah. yeah. And it just like, yeah, exactly what you said. And I think there's also something that's like, you know, even though the gym feels good after you've done it getting to the gym every friday or whenever your schedule is you know that initial i would say that you know there's half of these episodes two hours before the show there is not necessarily anxiety but there is that like oh i gotta do something yeah. but then once you get into it once the words start coming out once you start hearing it it's, it's this, this, you know, the endorphins, the serotonin starts flowing and you're like, you know what, this is good. I'm so thankful that I actually did this and, and got myself to that point. But that's not to say just like anything else, every week can still be a struggle, even if it's a good thing, but it's uh, amazing where we're at. It is pretty amazing. And I'm curious if anyone's listening there, be would appreciate uh, in the comments below, let us know. Uh, do you like the shows more? And let's, you know, just like any child, you love them all, but there may be one you secretly like a little more. Do you like <laughs> the shows where we get together and chit chat and uh, shoot the proverbial shit and catch up on news and headlines? Or do you like uh, the variety of guests and interviews? It's kind of a loaded question. I think we both like learning, but they're two Maybe let's talk about this. They're two very distinct style of shows. So let's talk maybe just prep and mindset in what your life is like or thinking about an interview show versus this, a casual show, a catch-up show, a news and headlines chat show. Uh, what's the vibe or how do you feel about each of those, I guess, separately? And maybe which one do you like doing more? I like to establish value and to me, I get the most value out of the interviews. Um, and what's funny about that is I think I'm actually the least stressed out when we do interviews as opposed when we do more of like a news show. Um, and I don't know what that is because I read 10,000 articles a month of news and I live and breathe all these things that I'm passionate about. But, you know, it's the conversations with someone else or these people that are doing big things that I think consistently inspire me. And to me, that's just so much easier. It's hard to, when you think about the news and when you think about current events, you have the whole range of emotions coming at you from every direction. I mean, there just isn't a positive cannabis news site in the same way. I mean, you're getting negative outcomes, positive outcomes. You're getting where it's going, what, you know, and mm. I think when we do the interviews i'm not going to say they're more positive but i think they have more doing in it it talks about more action it talks about 
you know, a, about more of the steps it takes for success. And to me, um, it's more looking forward than looking in the past than what a news art, you know, show would be. I feel, you know, I understand completely. They are uh, two very different animals. You know, the news and headlines, we both read a lot of news. A lot of it is for these shows, you know, like to break the fourth wall, just kind of thinking about it, like, hey, I saw this. I think we can talk about it. Let's try to find a couple that lump together, put together a show. You know, today we're going to talk some news and we're going to talk some holiday Fourth of July stuff. Boom. Find some articles, have some conversation. We are chatty enough, fellas. We know enough each other well enough so we can continue and talk for an hour. The prep... And then just the the thought process behind the interviews is different. And I'd like to think of them as very, thus far, we haven't had any antagonistic type style. Uh, they're very celebratory, right? We try to celebrate. We do get their opinions on news articles, but they're celebratory. They're gatherings, they right? They're yeah. just trying to talk about people and learning from people. And I think we're both excited by new ventures and excited by people thinking outside the box, excited about people finding a niche ancillary little squeezy tiny crevice to crawl into and be like hey i'm gonna do uh alan katz and do really cannabis themed weddings right or i'm gonna be an alex huska or i'm gonna be a t-dog and i'm gonna make graphic uh art you know, you know all these different people who or um i just recently rewatched because i shared it with the cleveland school of cannabis uh, for a session they do there, the Mend documentary. So I watched yeah. part of that episode, right? And the I forgot about learning from them and their journey and, and you know, and what they went through and then making the film. We have all these different people who are, because of cannabis, you know, the name of the show, because of cannabis, uh, have found their way to us and have found a uh, help other people in their life, have found a way to improve their lives, have found a way to improve other lives. So I think that part has been uh, some of the most exciting things, but they are very different animals when it comes to doing an interview show and doing a solo show or doing a, a show where it's just the two of us. Sometimes when it's just the two of us, as you can tell by Dustin's camera right now, that's going in and out. Uh, we lost Dustin for a second. Sometimes we've had this happen two or three times. I love the fact, Dustin, and you'll hear this when you get back, technical issues be damned. That's how we roll. We do 60 minutes straight. Some say we should edit, and I'm sure down below in the comments, you're gonna say you probably should edit a lot more of this. But when you have issues, life is full of lemon and we are lemonade drinking motherfuckers, Dustin. That's right, so man. So when it happens, I think you just came back. You're on a different camera. It's I am. I have a backup hey, camera now. You got to go, right? I could, <laughs> I'm rocking a camera here, but if it works case scenario, or we'll do the laptop cam. We'll work on AirPods, whatever it takes to get the uh, audio across. We like our fancy setups, but if nothing else, uh, that was a lot of talk in the stall for you. If nothing yeah. else, uh, this is what we are. So Let's get into it, though, a little bit, Dustin. Let's talk uh, a little bit of some of our show themes, right? Ho holiday season, 4th of July. First, let me get this started. Where does the 4th of July? This is Friday, July 1st that this show is going live. I'm not sure when you're listening to it. Maybe it's been a couple of weeks after that. But we're recording uh, this show Friday, 4.20 p.m., um, July 1st, 2022. A couple of days away from July 4th. Dustin, give me, first of all, holiday rankings. Where does July 4th fit in your lexicon? And I don't need a numbers type thing, though. If you do have a favorite holiday, maybe you're a big Arbor Day guy, I'm not sure. Let me know. Uh, but where does July 4th, does it matter for you? Do you like the fireworks? Talk to me all things Independence Day. Go. And Bill Pullman and Will Smith. Go. I, uh, you know what? It's probably my 
it's up there. It's in the really top. up there. Yeah. yeah. But I would say that what's funny is I tend to celebrate 4th of July months and months earlier because um, <laughs> essentially you have your own it, independence. Okay. Yes. And there's a reason. And, and <laughs> the right. reason is, is because thunder over Louisville and have you ever heard of thunder over Louisville? I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay. Well, thunder over Louisville happens to, if I, if I can remember correctly, I believe it is the initial start off to the Kentucky Derby. Okay. Okay. But what is it? What is it? It's essentially a celebration between multiple cities and the Kentucky Derby. And what they do, you got Cincinnati and Louisville. Okay. And the bridges that crossed in between them. There's a bunch of them. Okay. They shut down at least one of the bridges, if not, I think two. And then they have multiple barges. And essentially they put on the largest fireworks display in the world. And that's not just like, you know, the longest, the most money spent. I am saying the absolute most pinnacle amount Capital of T-H-E. So much so that they record it in April or whenever it is, and then they play it on 4th of July on all the news networks for the fireworks display. Wow. So the fireworks display that you see on the 4th of July is not from that day or that night. It is from months and months prior. But essentially, if you can imagine this, picture – the fr it's an hour and a half long show, but picture the first 45 minutes is a finale for the entire 45 minutes. So whatever finale you have ever seen of any other fireworks show, it is that for 40 minutes. Okay. And then the finale of that show is every single finale of fireworks that you've ever seen in your entire life, no matter how old you are combined into one for the next 10 minutes. And it is just the most insane amount of, you know, independence blowing off fucking shit <laughs> you can ever imagine. And it is, it's just, it truly is something to behold. You, you, I drive down there, it's six hours to get down there. You know, you spend all day on the hot sun with 45,000 people waiting on the, 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 you know, the riverfront areas. And you're just... It, it, it's just something else. It's a whole different, it's, it's something that I, you know, I would love that the kids are finally at the age when they're ready. And I think it's just something that they have to see, even though I think it's going to ruin every fireworks display from there on out for them. So, you know, it's just one of those things. But wow, yeah, my fourth is, uh, comes in July or April. I did not know any of that. That is fascinating to learn. Uh, also, as much as we agree on a lot of things, Dustin, I find that we finally have a, a very argumentative stance that we can have a little talking heads debate on here, as Ooh. it were. I am completely <laughs> anti-firework. I'm just anti-firework really? by nature. First off, we should say consume cannabis and uh, play with fireworks carefully, please. Uh, and that is part of the reason. But I am very – I'm not anti-firework, like, but I am as a whole – as I've gotten older, less enthused about fireworks. My parents used to take me to a lot of fireworks, you know, in our downtown area. Mine was Akron, Ohio, when we watched the show. A couple hundred thousand people or something. Ironically, never not ironically, it's a poor use, much like Alanis Morissette. Um, oddly enough, I have a very vivid memory. We used to go to Cincinnati for some relatives every other year, and it was always around July 4th. And once we were coming back from something unaware in WEBN, which is the big giant Cincinnati rock and roll station, puts on a monster of a show. We got stuck on a bridge, ironically enough, there is the proper use, of 
uh, during a 4th of July, actual 4th of July fireworks show from the WEBN does this rock and roll <laughs> big thing. We got stuck on a bridge many, many years ago in Cincinnati, Ohio uh, through that. But as I've gotten older and maybe because my kids are more sensitive to sound and such, but I do not... Not that I don't enjoy it. It's fun to watch, I guess. I don't appreciate it. I Here's my thought. When I hear a fireworks show start, I go, well, they got to run out sometime. Until apparently your show. Normally about 15, 20 minutes, especially the average backyard person, they can't afford more than about 10 minutes of good fireworks. So even when it starts off terrible, they're going to run out of money. Because eventually they go off very quickly. Uh, yeah, I'm anti-fireworks. Not my jam, not my thing. Uh, I am... I don't know where I rank July 4th as a holiday. I like the food part, so we'll talk some infused barbecue sauce in a minute. But I am, as a whole, not a big 4th of July person. That said, I'm curious, back in the uh, Inhalables days, Inhalables underscore on Instagram. Check out Inhalables.com. We love them. Dustin, co-founder. On the Inhalables side, July 4th, because I got some stats on national sales. I'll bring those up when you start talking. July 4th on Inhalables. What was business like? Was it a busy day? How, let's do that sales-wise, holiday-wise, how does July 4th in the cannabis accessory business and the smoke shop accessory business for tobacco use only in some states, in the smoke shop tobacco business, how is July 4th as a sales here for you? And then I'll show you some national figures here in a second. Um, okay, I think if we were selling consumables, it would be different in the store. It is pretty busy from, cause our store was 11 to 11. So, uh, I would say from 11 to about three 30, it was quite busy, but it was all papers. It was like our day to dish out blunt wraps and papers. Um, not a lot of larger glass purchases. And then after five o'clock, it was pretty much dead enough that, you know, usually the cops were out enough and, you know, DUI checkpoints and shit were everywhere in our area that we just tended to clock out early that day. One of the very rare holidays that we actually do. So I don't ever remember it being a killer sales. Now, if I was, cons a, you know, a dispensary or something, that's different. I feel like it should jump about 22 to 25% this year in some capacity for those guys. Um, yeah, no, it, uh, this is from a report from BDSA, which is a pretty uh, popular analytics company. They do a lot of cannabis-based analytics and such. So uh, they take a look and predict it, and they have a statement here from this article that says that the cannabis industry appears to be recession-proof. I'm going to show you an article in about 30 minutes, Dustin, that says exactly the opposite. You know, yeah. you talk about positive and negatives. I have an article that says exactly the opposite of what this one does. But what I wanted to show you was, uh, so you write in the dispensary side, right, in the consumable side, whether it's flour, uh, different edibles and whatnot, you know, in the state of California, uh, the day, or I should say the Friday preceding Independence Day, that's today. Son, mm -hmm. that right now is today, July 1st, right now in California. Here's what we know is happening. Shitload of people are buying legal weed. That's what we know is happening right now because the Friday before Independence Day is the highest daily dollar sale for any day in the month. And sales are 30% higher than the daily average for all of July 2021. So we're going to see some pretty big numbers uh, into there. We see beverage beverage brands having a huge increase, 25% sales uh, just in the last quarter, according to this. And then you've seen, you know, once again, a shift. And this is where the other thing that they talk about a lot. And so this is where I'm curious well let me and i don't even know this do you drink at all do you drink alcohol or are you like rastafarian lifestyle uh you know what i have a six pack in the fridge that it tends to sit for about five months 
So mostly it's for guests, and I only drink about two, three a year. Celebrating early, Dustin. We're having an early morning. Not early. It's (laughs) It's 420 somewhere. Uh, You know, afternoon uh, beverage beer. I still enjoy the beverage, but I've met a few people who rock the only cannabis lifestyle. And in many of our dank tank pitches at the Cleveland School of Cannabis, a lot of people look for, and the very same thing the end article talks about, that alternative to alcohol. So let me ask you this, even if you don't drink a lot, you understand the popularity of alcohol and those things and see bars. Do you really think people, that many people use cannabis as a alternative or do you think a lot of it use it in addition? What do you yeah. think that, like, do you we feel are, like that stat, I always feel like God. the stat is thrown out, but I don't know if my gut believes it. I think it's a load of shit. I think Thank it's- you. Okay, well, I feel better. I was wording it carefully. You just did not. You're like, here's no, how it should be worded. There's something about it that seems like it's just a news article to them because in normal day-to-day life, people don't fucking talk about that or like that. They don't go to the party and be like, sorry, bro, I'm only on cannabis today. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm not mixing my play. You know, like that <laughs> shit doesn't happen. And these articles are a bunch of nonsense with it. What it is, is a bunch of people trying to make sense of the numbers increases. And it makes sense that there would be an increase in, you know, certain things around that. I think a cannabis drink is a hell of a lot easier to keep on the low when there's children around at a 4th of July party with the family. I think, you know, there's a lot of stuff that makes sense, but no, it's, it's nonsense. Uh, I agree. I agree. So I'm sure on the consumable side, it makes perfect sense that sales are going to increase before a holiday. Uh, I don't know if everyone uses it as an alternative. I think a lot of people use it in addition or whatever. There are some people who don't, right? I think that is a smaller percentage than the news articles, much like I think most things make it out to be. Uh, Let me ask you this. uh, In terms of food, because I do want to get to there. I had an article, but I lost it. So we'll just move on from there. There was an article about infused barbecue sauces and pairings and things like that when it comes to uh, your barbecue uh, and such. First off, what's your kind of cookout food? Where do you go on the Where do you go on the grill? Uh, are you a grill master? And uh, do you feel like you need to infuse your barbecue sauce uh, with cannabis, or can you just light a joint and smoke it and just enjoy some sweet baby rays or whatever you buy over the counter? Yeah, I. The infusion, <laughs> right? It I almost never, seems like too fancy, too complicated. Ex- exactly. You know, like I'm more of a, you know, there's a group of four adults that tend to walk behind the shed a couple times during the party, you know, and that's <laughs> seems to be the, the mix. It's like, oh, let's look at the topsoil over <laughs> here. And like, image and an alt. I'm sorry. That is an all too real, a very real image in my life uh, because, you know, I'm on the DL for the most part. Obviously, I'm open with it, but I have respectable boundaries with children. I, I just. <laughs> don't i just have you know i think we're both that same way right there's a respectable boundary it should not be around young kids in my opinion so yes i go behind the shed it's all i can think about is Dude, like my shed both has of us. two doors so you can walk oh, nice. in the one and shut it and be like oh let's check out this tractor and then you just open up the back door and walk right out the back so it's definitely to me it's the place it's the it's the the safeguard but you know i feel like with infusions there's just not a lot of regulation in this. I have a hard time regulating myself with infusions to know where I'm at, where it's going to be in three hours, what the whole timing situation for myself. And so infusing my food seems like, um, it just seems a little bit more complicated than just the shed. Yeah, right. It's sometimes it is. Uh, that said, uh, how are you on the grill? What's your grill uh, specialty? 
Yeah. Are you the burger flipper or the burger eater? Where do you go? I'm the burger eater. Burger eater? I'm, yeah. I'm usually the guy bartering websites for burgers. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. That Uncle also Mike. is a very I'll, real I, image. Total I'll, of behind the scenes that I don't think a lot of people get, but that's a hundred percent true statement that I I've never seen, but I don't doubt in the slightest. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I'm not a big pairing guy. I mean, I do think I kind of actually, ironically, you know, I'll drink uh, lighter, fruitier beers in the summer and more stouty robust beers in the winter uh and i have you know more sativa energetic in the day and more indica leaning in the night but that's about as far as my pairing goes i've never and maybe i'm just not sophisticated enough you know when we have our ganjier zach samoa up here zach simcoe coming up in a few weeks maybe he can help understand the terpenes but i've never been like you know we're having uh you know a barbecue sauce tonight i need to get some limon and myrcene terpene <laughs> product to make sure it really uh, now it sounds ridiculous as we say it, but there are people who will make, you know, livelihoods on trying to pair terpene profiles with food profiles, but it also seems silly because I don't know if I have a purple kush or if I have a stropicana or if whatever it is, it's not going to affect the taste of my burger it's just, or my ribs or my wings. <laughs> well, it's just not right. I don't know if it was the, the 10 years of smoking cigarettes before now, you know, or what, but I have like 50% the sense of smell of what a normal person has. And so that also includes a lack of ability to differentiate taste. And like, to me, I'm not, you know, like I, you could probably piss in my burger and I wouldn't know the difference. I'd be like, Oh, that's about 40% what a burger tastes like, you know? And so I, I don't, I'm not, I can't, I don't have the sophistication of Zach is, would be like just profound to me. My brain is not comprehending the ability to differentiate palates or certain flavors or profiles, you know, down the chain and not be like, hmm, 30 seconds in, you're going to get a hate tint of this. And then 16 seconds after that, <laughs> you're going to have this. And it's like to have that ability to be that, that, I don't know what the word is. It's that, like in touch with the plant. Basically. I mean, to be exactly. able to consume it and say, I think I can tell you what type of soil was yes. this was grown in. That's messed up. That's almost like creepy. Yeah, that's like, superhuman powers yes, there. Yes. That's like you, you know, you got Superman flying over the building and then you have this guy who can taste the metal. I'm like, oh, that came from, you know, South Africa's mining <laughs> operation and get the superheroes to the location, you know, like oh. it's a valid power. But a little much, but but <laughs> unnecessary. <laughs> but like a lot of things, it's unnecessary. You know what is necessary? Let me ask you this, uh, Dustin. I wanted to talk a little bit. We'll transition. That's a hard segue, but I want to move on a little bit from our random talk because I got a few things I wanted to talk to you about. Uh, you know, both of us are big into employee welfare, you know, taking care of people. Uh, I have a question for you, though. A uh, Well, let me – two questions. Tipper, how, how do you fall on tipping? Are you Steve Buscemi and Reservoir Dogs and you I'm just don't fucking tip? i 25 to 35%. All right, so big time. tipper, big like, tipper, big huge, baller. I, I will never, ever go under 25. All right, let ever. me ask you this. You go to the Starbucks, you go to the Subway, you go to somewhere where tips aren't normally expected, but they have the tip cup. Do you 15%. toss a dollar or two into Every time. I have Every to. time. Every single time. Every single time. I have to. I have to. I have to. Uh, well, I think when you do that, I'm sure you hope that that money ends up going back to the employees. But we have a case here uh, just came out from MJ Biz uh, from MJ Biz Daily, uh, a new article that talks about in the state of Massachusetts, a retailer. 
right, a retailer of a dispensary retailer had that tip jar, right, that employee tip jar out in front. But that retailer, to the tune of $33,000, uh, was withholding the tips. They weren't actually withholding the tips. Uh, they were giving them out, as you see here, uh, in management's discretion, kind of, or, well, in store credit. So basically they took the tips and said, well, now I'll slowly disperse these over time. And as the employees uh, got a hold of it, right, they understood Massachusetts state law uh, saying that they had to be there. But I always worry about that, about the tip cup at the random places. I like to tip in such, and I'm glad that these employees knew the law. I'm glad that these employees kind of got what was due to them, and now they have to go back and pay $33,000. You know that this location is going to have a bit of a – a stain on it, right? A glass door, negative reviews out the wazoo for uh, their treatment of employees. But I always wonder about the tip cup. That's one of those things that I haven't quite settled on. I like to tip. I believe in tipping. I give the delivery drivers, the Uber dudes, the DoorDash people, give them love. It's the tip cup though, where I tend to draw the line. Am I being um, a stooge here? Is it? Is it me? Yeah. I, cause I because I worry about shit like this. Cause well, I worry about stuff like this. Like who takes that tip cup? It doesn't happen in that way for most of the, it just doesn't, I would say, how about this? When I think of tips, I want to cry. I really get emotional because I ran the store for years and we had a customer who, you know, as an owner, I thought I shouldn't take tips. It's my fucking sure. store, right? Yes. There's I'm, my customer service is a representation that I own this same thing with my business partner and stuff like that. We had a customer come in and demand it. And this was a man that I respected. This is a man that had given us a lot of business, had brought a ton of people into the store. And it was a de he demanded it. And I was so against it for two months that he was demanding it. And finally, he said, listen, I'm bringing in a tip, a large tip jar for you guys. If it's not on the table in the next week, I swear to God, I'm never shopping with you again. Straight up. <laughs> and again, this is like a real big morality thing with me, which was like, this is wrong to do. This is so outside of what an owner should be doing in the first place is putting something like that up there. There was a real negative connotation to me. And a week later, I had this 95 year old lady walk into my door. And, you know, just a really old lady come in, could barely make it to the end of the, 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 end of the door end of the my register was at the furthest point of the store you had to walk 1200 feet to get to my you know to my register and this lady barely was making her way into my store and i ran up to her and i was like ma'am ma'am you know can i just bring this stuff to you can i get a chair here and can you just like let's cater you don't have to come all the way to the back to do whatever you got to do you could have called me i would have brought her from the car and she just kind of ignored me ignored me and walked up to the end by the register and was like i'm just making sure that tip jar is there and walked right <laughs> back out of my store okay and you know like he sent he sent a spy in to make sure you know and here's the deal with that why this story matters why this made a difference is you fast forward five months and now we have christmas this is joe and i we have never in the history of the company ever had money before our christmas sale for our christmas presents for those kids never and we would have to wait for that sale. And then Joe and I would take whatever we could from that. And we would have 36 hours to do all of our Christmas shopping to just do it. And you know what, dude, those tips 
calculated two times more than what Joe and I ever were able to do for Christmas presents. And we had money for Christmas presents two, three weeks ahead of time. And it, it changed everything. It changed everything. So many customers didn't give a fuck that we own the place. They would give above and beyond. If they spent $10, they gave $4. If they spent a hundred, they put in a 20. It was so consistent. It made such a difference to, to the families that it just, it was such a blessing, a blessing that I almost refused to accept for myself. And to me, the tips matter, whether you know it or not, whether that cup is there, whether a company may or may not be taking it. If they don't, I know what it was like to get a couple hundred bucks at the end of that month and, and, and what it, what it did for me and, and how much relief it actually gave me and what looked like such a small thing for that customer was such a huge, huge thing when you factor them all together. And so from that moment on, from those days on, I never, ever, 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 ever gave under 30%. It's just, I, it could mean anything to that. It could truly mean presents for Christmas or not. And I don't know, it's bigger to then just some morality thing to me or whether, you know, it just, I, I know the difference. And so, yeah, um, I'm a big tipper. All right, I'll put the dollar in the damn cup. Jesus, <laughs> how can you not put a dollar in the cup after that long speech, people? That <laughs> passion and emotion. If you are on our video feed right now, if you're on the Wayward Media YouTube I'm channel, sweating you have subscribed. Dustin is sweating. He might be crying. A lot is happening. If you listen on audio, I understand. But if you haven't subscribed to the YouTube feed because Cannabis Wayward Media, this Right. I guess it's over that way. This is what you want to see. Uh, oh, Dustin, wow. that was impassioned. And man, I got to put the dollar in the cup. Damn it. Uh, I feel bad. Uh, <laughs> I have a relative who was a server at a restaurant and who now tips a ridiculous amount, like every time because she understands it. I am curious, though, as an owner of a business, where do you fall on the Internet argument sometimes that, you know, to eliminate tipping, we should just pay servers a livable wage, whatever that number is, that's an impossible number to determine. But let's say that should servers be paid more and have tipping be removed or in general, and take away the tip cup thing, you know, that aside, but in the service industry, which is especially the waiters, waitresses, bartenders, they get paid less, they're falling under weird, um, you know, federal guidelines, employment status to get paid less to work under minimum wage. Where do you fall on that argument? Should we pay servers more a standard hourly wage? Or is the tip enough offset because sometimes you can make some bank some serious bank on that restaurant a good tip night i've been a waiter for a bit i know what I, it was like i think it needs to be both i mean the average one bedroom apartment in our shitty little town with a car and insurance and food in that you need to make 45 50 g's a year you need to make 45 grand a year to be able to sustain that in any capacity and not feel stressed about every single paycheck and so no i i I don't if it end, if it means that they end up making $65,000 a year and they were bringing burgers to a bunch of assholes had a bar it's worth it to me and to me um there is something to be said about a daily cash stipend some people you know you never know when something is going to come in and stipend your check you never know when your water heater is going to go out you never know when your kids going to have a a school trip that ended up costing $300 and you never didn't really see that coming you never know when 
you just never know a lot of these things. And to me, a daily cash thing and situations like that can just, I, again, they can make or break families. And if, if one person is able to bring in a bunch of tips every day for the family and one person is able to bring in the large bill money at the end of the month, I think every single dollar in every single moment matters to every single person. And I am not someone to look at someone and say, oh, you're making more money than me and you're just giving me burgers. And I, it's like, fucking, you did it, man. You're a 10 times smarter than me at that point because I work fucking hard 65 hours a week. And if you're making more than me. I just want to jack you off and ask you how the hell you did it. You know, like, because I work really hard and I think, I just think that the, the average wage income gap between people who own companies and people who fucking work for those people is so insurmountably huge that, yeah, I want these employees to take it all. I am with you on that. I am a fan of Kind of like the Reddit anti-work thread, which is terrible name branding wise, but just that the concept of it, of standing up for what you should get, right? And not working for ridiculous amounts. I think I've come to, I know whether it's aging or spending the last four or five years kind of exploring midlife crisis, whatever it is, I am definitely on that side. And also being in kind of the management side retail, especially for quite some time, and then shifting into it, God, they are... You know, I think a lot about the staff shortages. I was just at a uh, at a resort, and eh, not a resort. That's a very, very bad representation. I was not at a resort at all. I was at a natural. I was at a Ohio State Park Lodge, which is the farthest thing from a resort. Uh, but I was uh, out for a week, and they have massive staffing issues everywhere, right? And so in this place, imagine uh, where it's hard to get employees to commute to work. Imagine where it takes about eight minutes just from the time you enter the park to get to anything else. <laughs> so add on eight minutes on top of whatever drive. And by the way, we're in very rural area. So the amount of potential employees is right. extremely low already and it's a ridiculous drive and then i often this is the whole thing i could think about this whole week i was there the amount of steps an average employee must take i was averaging about twenty-five thousand steps a day just to, to get to and from <laughs> you're walking all around you know how many steps those employees must get every day uh but they had massive staff shortages which resulted in some you know less than stellar issues not nothing terrible but just not up to what you would want maybe at that fancy resort um, but I think about, you know, the, when we talked about this already, another episode, the minimum wage job is now more, you know, the Amazons, which has benefits. So why are you going to do this fast food? And we have thought about these people who make our food that we eat, that get paid scraps and also expect them to be fucking culinary chefs at the same point. Right. That's a weird thing. I'm perfectly okay. If my McDonald's burger looks weird, uh, and doesn't you know, is fairly edible, sometimes cold, because I get it, right? It's just a human issue. It's not McDonald's. It's not Ronald McDonald's fault. It's just a that human, poorly trained, can you breathe, you can work. Like, that's where it's at right now with these places. So uh, I'm about, I think there is a giant discrepancy. And then you look at the CEOs and upper management of a fast food chain and probably raking in millions and bonuses each year for because they eliminated napkin count per customer, right? So- right. It's messed up on that regard. Um, something that may affect employees soon, you know, we had a big change, uh, Dustin, in 
uh, cultivation taxation, right? We've talked a little bit about taxation on the show before, uh, but just today, just today, July 1st, 2022, the state of California has signed the trailer bill. They is part of their 22-23 budget. And with this, they're going to eliminate the current state cultivation tax and cap the excise tax at 15% for at least three years into this, which is going to make uh, cultivation companies more money, make the state less money, right? So I'm curious on when you think about this, right? And so uh, what we're going to do, once again, cut down the taxation that cultivators have to pay the state, cap the excise tax at 15% on the cultivation side for that. But it's going to put a lot more money into the cultivators uh, aspect, take more money from the state. How do you feel about that? Giving money back to the owners, right? Back to the people. We don't know if that money is going to be disseminated down to the employees. Probably not. And that's what maybe, I was going to say. The bulk maybe of it some is places. I'm just curious if you think this is like this is a big thing. This is another article from MJ Biz Daily. Just breaking news. I mean, literally today, Friday, July 1st, 2022, uh, you know, they signed this law into uh, enactment. Do you like this? Do you like the states kind of giving money back to the cultivators? I mean, California, oh, seven billion dollars last year. Like, where yes. do you sit on that? Okay, let's scroll down a little bit. I need to see if there's I need to see one more piece of this puzzle before I have this conversation. And that's pretty much it. Okay. Yeah, so let's pretty talk much about this. So well, I have oh, one more great. here. Um, you start talking. I have another article on this. I'll bring up while you're talking. Let's talk about excise taxes. Let's talk about taxes in general like that. So we're talking about a reduction in a percentage at my end of the year taxes, but cultivators are still across the board, unable to write off anything. So yeah. let's, you know, like at this point, if you're going to deny me 90% of the things that actually cut down my taxes, and then I have to do everything in this unnormal business sense, I can't write off my fuel, I can't write off my electricity, I can't write off my soil, I can't write off my employee stuff, I can't, I can't write off anything, you're gonna, I'm gonna, I'm growing all of this at whatever margins, I have an insane amount of risk every month, if I don't yield what I'm supposed to, or if something happens with a crop, or if someone brings in a parasite, or whatever the notion is, I need to produce every month with an insane amount of stress. And to then be told, oh, at the end of the year, we're definitely going to help you out in taxes. I think it's it definitely is a good thing. I definitely think it's a, a, a beneficial thing at the end. No, I do not believe it will fall into the employee um, rhetoric, partially because I don't think a lot of these cultivators have gotten themselves out of the holes that they are, you know, have baked themselves in through bad decisions through the initial growth. And so I think when you get those compensations, you end up just fixing the shit that you fucked up from the past anyways. And that got fucked up from seven years worth of not being able to write off most of the things you normally would, you know? <laughs> so like, I, it just, it's this round and round thing where, I'm not sure it was the right way to go about it if you actually want to give these guys relief, but I do think it helps in some way. It probably does help. All right, Dustin, we're kind of, uh, you're all getting fired up about finances, and I know that you like that. So let's talk a little bit about this. We've hinted in a previous article, uh, you know, that maybe cannabis is recession proof. So as we bring up this article, you know, and you want to talk a little bit about recession, a little bit about the industry. So let's state some facts. Um, 2019, right? Let me bring the screen down because it's going to bother me. 2019, cannabis beginning to trend down 2018 into 2019 saw the first time since 2012 the decrease in investment dollars people starting to get frustrated with the lack of legalization and it began to saw began to saw began to see for the first time in 
third and fourth quarters of 19, a dip in some of the sales. May 2020, COVID. Cannabis deemed essential business in every single state stays open. 2020, third and fourth quarter, boo! Do you want to talk about fireworks for an hour and a half straight? Like we're talking grand finale, third and fourth quarter of 2020. That trend kind of continued into 2021, but we saw third and fourth quarter 19 down, third and fourth quarter 20, 21 stay, stagnant plateau right about the same as 2021 now we're digging into predicting as we're heading into q3 q4 of 2022 so the first quarter of this year it's been okay right they've had some good sales 420 was a big number you know we just talked a little bit about the prediction of what that july 4th sales could bring but financially right the other thing that happened as part of 2020 covid was y'all me all you all we got a lot of free money so a lot of free money and a lot of you spend it on weed, right? And so let's be real, that kind of uh, those, you know, stipends that we were given, you know, the uh, stimulation money, what was it called? Stimulus money that we were getting there uh, is happening. But on the flip side of that, and a lot of people are saying that after the free money is gone, you know, we're seeing a huge rise in pricing. Gasoline's obviously out the door. We have a potential financial recession being predicted by a lot of industry experts. And so uh, there's another article from MJ Biz Daily. We're a big MJ Biz Daily people today. We don't always go there, but today they're hooking us up with a lot of great news. Thank you, MJ Biz Daily. Visit MJBizDaily.com. We'll put a link to them down below. Um, is talking about a potential of the recession. And one of their biggest points is inflation you know, which tends to cum, uh, curb consumer purchases and then, you know, talking about the lack of progress. They throw out some of the other news ER stuff that other people say, well, we talk about limited licenses, which all is a bunch of uh, rigmarole, as I uh, kind of predict. So there's some articles out there. This is just one of many right now talking about the upcoming recession, how it's going to affect the cannabis industry. Dustin, I know it's something you think about a lot. So do you think cannabis right now, quarter three, man, Tough talking day for me. Quarter three, quarter four, cannabis. How are we going to do? Like, what is this upcoming recession? You know, how do you think it's going to affect our industry? And then just more. Uh, okay. I think that people get surprised at things that do well in recessions because they're assuming a different status of people gave the money. So how do I say this? Uh, I was listening to an awesome article about strippers and using strippers to um, see if you're in a recession or not. Okay. okay. I've, so I, it, I, all right. I think I know where you're going, but okay. So it's that idea that if, you know, if the dark, if the dark areas of life are the things that do well in recession, then mm -hmm. obviously strippers should do better during recession months. And um, the truth is, is no, what ends up happening is you'd be a, a heck of a lot more surprised to see that your money gets trickled in in smaller amounts by larger people, as opposed to one guy walking in and dropping $2,000 on a couple dances in a night because he's a big CEO of a multi-successful company that's, you know, he's making millions of dollars. There's just, there's this different movement of money within the economy during bad times. So when I think of cannabis, no, I think that maybe the provisional guys are going to be um, the better, the ones that are better off only because they get the retail dollars and they can still, they're not working in a world where they have a year and a half worth of investment on their product in order to sell it. Um, 
the way I see a grower is it costs a lot of money to even get to the stage of, of to where your, you know, seeds are sprouting and shit. The soil costs money. The electricity costs money. The staff to do it costs a lot of money. Um, those things are hit hardest by inflation, hit hardest in recessions. And so when I think of supply chains, I don't think recessions are ever good for supply chains. And at the end of the day, cannabis is part of an agricultural supply chain. And to me, that's, you know, like, yes, consuming goes up and, but no, I, I don't know. I don't know if I'm making any sense, but I do not think, I think everyone else, but a dispensary is going to come out under, not above. I would agree with you. I think that's a great way to look at it. It is going to be probably very good for the store or the, the place that sells the product, right? Because what you're having, right, just like anything, when you have uh, agriculture or a processor, the people who take that cannabis plant, turn it into, you know, all sorts of fancy beverages and candies and cookies and all those things, right? Those are people who are taking the raw ingredients, you know, they're taking the time and effort to turn them into something. Um, and then the profit, a lot of times, you know, there's a profit each chain from the sale of cannabis flour to the processor from the sale of processed goods to the dispensary and obviously on the sale of the dispensary to you you probably you being the customer or you dustin uh are the one who sees and probably feels the recession because you're going to probably pay more at the dispensary for the dispensary probably paying less because the other companies are trying to lower costs to compete with other places so i think that is a maybe this comes from working in inhalables and working in the ancillary business, a very honest way that I don't see out there. I don't see that news out there a lot when we see numbers booming. The cultivators are struggling in some states. They're begging for tax deductions and things, and owners obviously want to make more money. But in the end, it's the store. It's the location that is the sales aspect of it, the person that's selling it to you, who probably is going to do well probably not going to pass it on to their employees. I think we're cynical in that nature, but it's the industry as a whole. I don't think it's going to do as great. I think uh, this shift in agriculture, the more legalization that's happening, the rise of all these other cannabinoids that we've obviously talked about, Alex Huska from Organic Plus, you know, the exploitation of the different Delta 8s, Delta 10s, you know, the THC from hemp, you know, yeah. all these things, that is just making it harder and harder and harder and harder to make a profit. It's making bottom line management more and more difficult for cultivators, for processors, and it's making dispensaries cash money right it's making them a lot more money so it's interesting is the industry then going to say quarter three quarter four your prediction then is dispensaries do well so we get all these articles about how the industry is rocking and booming because sales are out the door that's like saying uh top gun maverick uh grossed more than top gun because tickets cost 85 times more than they cost back in 1984. Right? I mean, of course I'm already... it's going to make more money because it costs like $15 versus about $4 a ticket in 1986 or whenever Top Gun Exactly. Came. And I also think that, you know, I work in the cannabis industry building websites for corporations within the cannabis industry. And guess mm -hmm. who's not fucking calling right now? The large corporations that are cultivators and that are transportation guys and the, the other guys down the chain are having a harder time putting marketing dollars ahead of just operating costs. And so, um, no, I already see it hitting. I know that's exactly what's going to end up happening in terms of the figures and numbers. And yeah, I mean, I just I, I can feel you're right. You're 100 percent right. I think we're going to see it, but we're going to see a lot of that good news. Florida that is the problem. $150 million in the last three months. And it's like, 
cute guys. Yeah. Did you realize that the other ancillary businesses are at a, a half a billion dollar loss this year, as opposed to the sales numbers increasing because they're two different things. Just because Florida sold double the amount of cannabis within that state that year, doesn't mean that operating costs and that the amount of profit is more. It just doesn't mean that. I mean, there could have been more regulations. It could have been weather that affected things in a lot different way. There could be, there could just be so many other things that affect the profit margins at the end of the year for a large corporation like that than just provisional dollars. I think it's good to keep that. And I don't think it's a negative or a pessimistic way to look at it. I think it's good to keep that realistic and honest thought process. You know, we talk a lot about dollars. We talk a lot about finances. You know, we're into that. We talk about marketing and the way it works. You know, we talk about that at the Cleveland School of Cannabis. And we have these, and that's what we have. We have these students who are excited to work in the industry. They see, just like any media, right? They see the headlines that say booming, 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 and they want to get into growing. But the reality is, I don't know if that's the industry that's booming, but it does obviously make a lot of money because people are always trying to get into it. Anything that someone's always trying to do and willing to pay a lot of dollars to do probably is going to make at least them money. Is it going to make you money? Probably <laughs> right. not. It's going to make them money who owns it. Uh, but to do the retail side of it, that seems to be the place. And right now I think about all these other, I'm going to say this, poorly run smoke shops, you know, not like inhalables, inhalables.com, inhalables underscore, but there's some poorly run smoke shops, maybe some mass chain smoke shops who are making a, a lot of money selling low grade, but expensive Delta eight and these other cannabinoids because they can, and they're the ones, the retail store who's making a lot of money from that. Because they're the ones know, also that, not educating. So if you could imagine, no, no, those stay, especially the big the bigger chainier shops that are selling it. Uh, I can't tell you how many times I've sat into the smoke shop to get my vape and hear the guy next to me going, Whoa, look at that THC, man. That's like, that's, that's it, dude. That's legitimate. It's, it's right there. It's, it's it. And it's like, and you see that person across the counter who's about to ring them out, just stare at them, not tell them anything different, not correct them, not anything. Just be like, mm -hmm, it is. Mm hmm. You know, uh, and so it's it's this whole they work through falsativities. The dispensaries work through being having their hands tied behind their back in terms of educating. And it's, it's so funny. It's like the ones who want to educate can't and the ones who should be educating refuse to. It's so funny. I think I just want 60 minutes of you doing impressions. You have a variety of impressions you broke out today for a variety of people. I am very shocked, not shocked by that, but just even breaking them out. You're like a regular Jim Carrey out here rocking the uh, thing. All right, let's end on some positive news uh, yes. to wrap up our show. Just a little bit of positive news. Uh, if you're in the state of Virginia, if you're in the state of Virginia, uh, Virginia's medical program, it's been very, very difficult for you to get a card, to get a license card in the state of Virginia, but effective today, July 1st, 2022, a brand new law goes into place. So now you don't have to get your card issued by the Virginia, uh, man, the Virginia Board of Pharmacy. Yes. Uh, you just need to get a written certificate from a registered practitioner. So, Done. So easy, easy. This was easy. the law already ahead of this. So what I meant by that is this is actually a law stating what they said to do in the first place. Okay. And you see that registered practitioner? Yes. There was no clarification of what a registered practitioner was for the last two years. Meaning I could go to my mom who does Reiki and be, and she could be like, yeah, you need it. 
and write me uh, a note. And yes. I legitimately was covered. So now this is giving me a legitimate piece of paper that they can print off and file with anybody else in the state. And there is still no clarification of what a registered practitioner is. Well, that's going to make it even easier because right now I guess it took about six months from this time to start the process. So if you're in the state of Virginia, uh, good yes, for you. Ease of access legal. of cards matter. They matter, they matter, they matter, they matter, they matter. They matter for a state's numbers to be up. They matter for old people and the access to what they got to do and for their healing. It's a, it's a release, a barrier of steps to get healing, and it matters. And with something like this, could you imagine going to your family doctor and legit the guy you're comfortable with, the person who you've been with for 60 years is the guy who can write that card for you? Unbelievable. Yes. That's huge. It would feel a lot better. Uh, it'll be exciting for them. I'm, I've met a few people through my classes from Virginia, and they were excited about this taking place because they have been trying to get their card for about a year now and haven't been able to get it. So, and it's been a you know kind of like Ohio's. It's a more controlled, very expensive. So this will lower that cost. More medical patients, more ease of access uh, in the state of Virginia. Good for you, yes. Virginians, when it comes to cannabis. Uh, Dustin, what are you doing this July fourth, twenty twenty two? Any plans uh, this weekend? Anything big uh, going on? You've already seen your major fireworks show are you a backyard fireworks guy i guess no. let's end there do you shoot off fireworks at all do you do fire no. even those little like smoke tanks or nothing huh i don't blow up money if i <laughs> I, I smoke my money i don't blow it up uh, all right well let me uh i have have you ever been to a, a fireworks warehouse style store yes i have man and you know what i don't know how every year all year they can have buy one get two for free it is like it's the craziest business model when i think about it to go so you marked up that one 600 percent in order to get me my you know like it's yeah, it's, it's a, a weird it's, thing it's i awesome. uh i went uh, my brother lives in cincinnati and they're big into the fireworks in that area and so we do some fireworks shows and he took me one time in indiana uh to this massive i mean we're talking like two sam's clubs put next to each other people walking around with two or three carts because one cart pretty much holds one of these giant all-in-one box units right. that has like a hundred <laughs> fireworks we're talking people spending and they have like levels like spend 100 get this free right spend 200 spend a thousand basically spend a thousand you get like a thousand dollars free kits yeah. which i don't get but the amount of people walking around this place the amount of people money, the amount of dollar bills being exchanged for something that is psst, poof, done. Now, I get that people, I know how you said, you know, I think about this, the same argument could be said against the smoke argument, but at least I get two hours versus five seconds. So at least I get that, uh, you know, so give me that a little bit. Long-term usage, uh, there is some medicinal benefits that none from fireworks, uh, they're exciting for a moment, but I agree with you. I'm not a big fireworks, obviously no, uh, there. So I'm not a big fireworks in person thing. And I'm very thankful, and this sounds really snobby, that I live where they don't set off a lot of fireworks. I used to. We moved recently from an area that did a ton. And where my brother lives, it's like a backyard professional fireworks show. That's why we go there every year. We're not going this year because uh, we did our resort vacation. Uh, but it's where we go every year, and it is a crazy, like you can't nonstop professional-level fireworks for about six straight hours from every single neighbor that goes all in. And all I do, it's funny you mention that, because all I do is sit and look at my wife and say, that is thousands upon thousands of dollars that are going back to earth thousands of dollars which is just like it hurts my my heart uh to see that so you know the I family the less family fireworks more hard and on it you know so i would say 20 years ago 
the family would probably be spending about $1,500 collectively together on something. And the, the crate would be a wooden box that would sit in a garage for four months. And you as a kid would like, you know, be sneaking bottle rockets through the cracks of it to try to use them in the meantime, you know? But no, I, um, my family was a bunch of idiots. They always enjoyed the bottle rocket wars and like, you know, shooting Roman candles at each other. And to I me, I'm like, I, it's just, I can't, I, I, I'm, I'm, those are poor decisions. Don't do that at home, kids. I've done it in the past. It's a terrible idea. I would never encourage you to do it again. Uh, smoke your cannabis, though. Uh, don't smoke your fireworks. Uh, Dustin, <laughs> July 4th, happy Independence Day to thank you. you. Uh, you thanks too. for joining us. Everyone, thank you for joining us here. Another episode of Because Cannabis. Brand new episodes every single Friday, 4.20 p.m. We got an interview show coming up next week. Great guest. Be sure to check us out. Yes. 4.20 p.m. every Friday on Because Cannabis. Wayward Media, wayward.media, our website for our company socially at meet wm m e e t w m shows available on audio as well itunes google play spotify etc shortly after these episodes air this should be out uh, by the end of july uh dustin have a great weekend we'll see you next week one of those interview shows that we talked about at the beginning episode number 22 coming your way um hopefully another 22 more coming in the next 22 weeks all right dustin take care man we'll talk to you soon you too thanks man